Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are here. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, they are ready to talk all of your questions at 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank, Instant Access, KDKRadio.com. Doug Oster, everybody, guards.com. Jessica Wallace are both in the Tribune Review. It's the Organic Gardeners. And as we always like to begin by offering you a gift, $25 gift certificate from Sorgles. If you're the 10th caller right now at 412-922-1020. Ladies and gentlemen, once again... Doug and Jess. Good morning. Good morning. I am Doug Oster from Everybody Gardens and the Tribune Review. And I'm horticulturist Jessica Wallace. And very exciting news. It is exciting, isn't it? When the news came, I called Jessica, which is a rarity where you we usually text. Yep. What did you think when you when you got a phone call from me? Uh dun dun dun. <laughs> I did not think. Right. And I just said, Congratulations. And I went, for what? <laughs> <laughs> the Organic Gardeners Radio Show won a big national award for GardenCom. It's it's the uh, organization of, of garden communicators. And we've won once before. A long uh, time ago. A long time ago. But this is very exciting, up against all the big radio shows all across the country. And uh, we won. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> I know. It's very exciting. So you were very happy, and I, I was, was very happy. We are going back and forth. And then you... Decided to check your email, and you had another win. I did. I, that was an extra surprise because I thought, well, how? Did, yeah, I didn't. I didn't like that you knew this before I did. So I went rushing to my laptop. It's the first thing course. ever I've known before you knew it. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. You know all the gossip before oh, that's I. True. Right. Uh, anyway, so I did check my email and uh, the website that I run with two other garden um, communicators called Savvy Gardening, SavvyGardening.com. We also won a digital media award for best blog. So and that's the second time cool. you've won that. That, right? that is, yeah. That's the second time we've won that. And then you also got another yeah, email in your inbox. This is very exciting. Looks like our lucky day. Yes, the Everybody Gardens uh, newsletter that uh, we produce, a team produces it. It's for subscribers of the Seed of the Month Club. Second year in a row that it won. And again, that's very exciting. The team that puts it together, like the graphics guys and the editors, of course, have to work very hard with my copy. And uh, <laughs> uh, as you know, and uh, it's just a, it's a beautiful thing. And yeah, it won. So that's just exciting. Yeah. You know? So triple win for the yeah, Organic yeah. Gardener that's pair. Cool. So right? Fist bump. Yep. Ow. Ding. Yeah. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> that's my pruning hands. I'm lots, I'm strong on that side. So now we get to go uh, we get to go to the um, Society of the International Garden Communicators uh, their annual symposium which will be in Salt Lake City this September and we get to go to see now we've won in these categories now they have bigger broader awards so they take uh, all of the winners in each category and then they give these big awards within larger categories. So we'll be going to the uh, the I don't know if not really a ceremony, but the dinner. What's a ceremony? Award, they award give you dinner. your award, 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 and then you see if you, you see if you won the big best to show the gold. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward awesome. to it. What's going on in the garden? Oh my gosh! Well, 
you asked me this off air and I was like, what's going on in the garden? You know, I haven't had much time to be out in the garden lately, but uh, John and I were sitting on our little porch swing out on the back porch the other day and we could hear the little, there were little baby wrens in one of our nest boxes and we could hear every time the mama or dad bird returned with something for them to eat, they would just all go crazy and chirp, chirp, chirp. And then we were watching the mom and dad bird and they were flying to and from the vegetable garden (laughs) for like an hour in the evening. And uh, I kind of peeked over the fence to see what they were doing and they were hopping on the cabbage and the broccoli plants, picking off the little green worms, you know, the cabbage worm caterpillars and flying them back to the nest to feed their baby. So, you know, that's what for me, that is a reason to never spray my cabbage or broccoli mm-hmm. plants, even with an organic product. Because if I had sprayed anything on there, organic or otherwise, that bird would have been taking either they wouldn't be, have that resource for food or the bird would be taking a contaminated caterpillar back to the nest, which just I would never want that to happen. And so now I have naturally pest-free cabbage and broccoli. <laughs> and we have three of these birdhouses up and there's a chickadee in, on the other side of the garden that has a nest there. Um, and Dr. Tallamy in his book, he notes that each chickadee brood requires 9,000 caterpillars to raise that one single brood of chicks to fledgling stage, 9,000 caterpillars. So I'm grateful that I have occasional bugs in my garden because they're feeding the birds, which are, you know, helping the overall ecosystem. And it's pretty cool to see. Have you seen around any of the cicada damage? Have you seen it? Oh, yeah. We have it at our house. So, you know, I've been getting a lot of questions about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Explain what that looks like. Because I I saw it uh, out at uh, the Pittsburgh Botanic Garden. Yes. They had them them bad out there. You had them. Yeah. And, And people were really freaked out about their trees. Sure. And if it's a big tree, I mean, it's really clear to see on the the oaks in particular. It's sort of like the ends of the twigs are brown. Instead of being green leaves, those leaves have turned brown. At my house, um, we have it on a, a dogwood, a wolfside dogwood, and um, lots of our larger trees, which I'm not worried about at all. But the smaller trees, you know, we have three small trees in the front yard. We have a black gum and a... Um, a uh, beech tree and a young uh, Japanese snowbell. And because those trees are younger, I'm a little more worried about them, but it's real easy right now to tell which stems are not going to make it and which are because the ones that are not going to make it have turned brown. And so I've just been going out if they're kind of broken off and just pruning them off. Um, I wouldn't do that on an oak tree because you don't want to open up that uh, a wound for the uh, beetle that spreads the oak wilt. But on other trees, you can either do it now or you can wait if you want until the fall or winter to go ahead and prune off any broken or really dead damaged stems. And boy, lots of fungal diseases. Again, we were talking before we started in my garden. I can't believe that I don't have it bad on my tomatoes. I don't know why. Every year I've had it bad on my tomatoes, but Mm. they look great this year i have a new trellising uh contraption that a guy put in the garden maybe that's it but on the other sides where i usually have them growing up the i haven't seen much early blight or septoria leaf spot at all for some reason i don't know why mm, i've got both on the just the lower leaves of the plant so i've been trying to keep them cleaned up and um kind of pinch off any damaged leaves but i mean i've got some nice big tomatoes on there they're not ripe yet but they're producing while they're just starting to see those splotchy leaves squirrels or chipmunks are getting one one part of the tomato garden and just taking green tomatoes off and taking a little nibble out of them and just leaving them 
Oh. You know, I had a bunch of early girls, like big early girls yeah. that were on there. And I'd picked some already. Ugh. That happened to my cherry bomb peppers. There was one there was one pepper that was taken off of the plant and it had a big tooth mark in it, but the whatever it was, groundhog or whatever, never actually ate it because it must have got burned and it hasn't been back since. <laughs> I was like, of all the peppers for them to take a bite out of, that was a good one. Good. Because it just, the teeth the teeth marks were in there but never took a crunch because, <laughs> yeah, it must have not liked what it got there. All right, folks, what you need to do is get on the line, get your questions in. All of our lines are available, 866-391-1020. And congratulations to Janet from Baden, winner of that gift certificate from Sorgles. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, join me next Saturday at Plumline Nursery, one of our great sponsors at their Customer Appreciation Day. And I don't know how many years I've been going out there for Customer Appreciation Day. This is probably this is probably my 10th year out there. Next Saturday, 11 a.m., I'm going to be talking about native plants and shrubs. And that is a cool place and lots of bargains. You know how much I love bargains. So Plumline Nursery out in Murraysville next Saturday, 11 a.m. All right, here we go. Let's start off with uh, George and Butler for Doug and Jess on the Organic Gardeners. Hey, George, good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? What's on your mind? Hey, um, I have this here strange phenomenon. I just never have never seen it here. Uh, can't say that, I, that, that it's been every year, but... Uh, for uh, 40 years after I've had a garden. Uh, the tomato plants that I put in, last, last year someone had given me these heirloom uh, tomato plants. And that they were, were just phenomenal. Ugly-looking tomatoes, but the best-tasting tomatoes I've ever had. So I took the seeds and that I started uh, my own plants this year. Uh, the got the plants in, and there's a, a a few of the the plants I've never seen this look to them that they're, it's almost like the leaves and uh, the uh, potential blossoms that are are like curled up. Um, uh, I can't uh, almost like the way a fern uh, unwinds. Mm-hmm. Uh, any idea what's going on? I've seen a lot of this. Just a couple different things: uh, leaf curl, but or leaf roll. But also, somebody sent me some pictures, which I think was leaf curl virus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, lots of questions about this, and lots of tomatoes looking this way out there. Is it mostly on the new growth that is doing that versus the leaves at the bottom of the plant? Uh, yes, as a matter of fact, it's uh, mostly on the, on the uh, uh, new growth. Yeah. And uh, a couple of the plants, you look at them and you say, "How the hell are they even surviving after the?" The the, uh, the the greenery that should be open for photosynthesis, that they're just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, it could be a leaf curl virus. Um, it could also be a, a potential herbicide damage. Do you use on the la- lawn, around your lawn, or in, in the grass clippings, do you mulch with them? Anything that might have been treated with an herbicide? So the, I decided this year to, to do an above-ground garden. Uh, uh, no, uh-uh. the uh, the lawn does get uh, treated with an herbicide. That's right. but but the uh, guy who, who would do it, that there would have to be uh, really kind of stupid, that to get that thing out close. 
Well, so. sometimes though, what happens? Um, and this, this actually, and and again, without like having a, a tissue sample sent to a diagnostic laboratory, a lot of times something like leaf curl, uh, you know, a viral leaf curl, and and a herbicide damage can look alike. But what is surprising sometimes for people when they have an herbicide, especially one that's based on 2,4-D, which is like a weed and feed or the spray that they, you know, the companies will come with a big truck and they'll spray that herbicide on your lawn to kill the weeds. Um, a lot of times if they're using a liquid spray, if they're not doing it on a real calm, quiet day, there can be quite a lot of drift that can happen and can get into our flower and vegetable beds. Or if they're using like a granular and they're you know pushing the drop spreader along, that kind of can throw it out into the garden. We can also, it moves with water as well. So sometimes it gets into the garden that way. So you just, I always tell people, you know, I you know, obviously, I, as an organic gardener, I prefer you didn't use that. But if you do, you have to be really careful about the days that it's applied and how close you apply it to the garden because that really can affect and it can last for quite a long time as well in the soil. The other thing that I saw and one of those that was asking me this question, we finally figured out black walnut tree. They have a oh. black walnut tree close. So, George, any black walnuts around? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. That's right. but, but it's not real close. But I, I would I would give a guesstimate that it's uh, 30 feet away. Uh, that's probably too far away yeah. to see much juggling issues. So we're, we're, we're trying to guess and figure things out so for you. I'll tell you what I would recommend. If you want to go through the effort of really figuring out exactly what it is, um, Penn State University does have a plant disease diagnostic clinic. And you can send a, a sample of the tissue to them. It doesn't cost anything to do it. So you can just go online and just, you know, search or Google the term Penn State Plant Diagnostic Clinic. And it'll tell you how to send in your sample, where to send it to. And it's really a way to get an absolute diagnosis, especially when we're talking about viral diseases, which are really hard to diagnose, um, especially just from hearing about a plant. So that would be a way that would give you a definitive um, answer on whether or not at least it was that virus. Well, I appreciate that because I guess it could be smart. I mean, so the plant croaks this year, but... uh What's the point of putting it in again if it's going to come right. back? Right, and some some viruses are transferred seed to seed, you know, via the seeds from generation to generation. Most are not. A lot of them are transferred by, you know, little um, sucking insects like aphids and things like that. Um, I don't know how, what the vector system is for that particular virus, but that would be something that would probably come back in that diagnostic. They'd probably tell you more information about it if that did come back positive. And George, if you figure things out, let us know. Give us a call back. All right, let's go to Marianne up next for Doug and Jess. Hey, Marianne. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, I have a question about um, Japanese beetles in a vegetable garden. Um, some friends were, kindly gave me a, a plot at the end of their garden, but before I could get in and plant, it was so wet. You know, it grew up into what looked like nice cover crops. So I thought, well, I'll just let it go and later on cut it down and uh, put in fall cover crops. And I had started taking out some little sections and putting in buckwheat and stuff. But then last weekend, <laughs> I was over and I have this real tall, I don't know what, it looks like millet or something. And also, I hadn't noticed before, there was a lot of um, Pennsylvania smartweed in there. Mm -hmm. And that had attracted Japanese beetles. Mm -hmm. So they were in there eating and mating. And I kind of panicked because it's not my land and I didn't want to, you know, um, be attracting them. 
to their garden. So I started cutting down all that tall grass and stuff. Um, but I didn't know, you know, to take a, kind of take away their food. Should we till that up then to try to kill any like eggs or larvae in there? Um, no, they don't really lay uh, eggs in that type of environment. They lay in turf grass. So they will lay their eggs in the lawn, um, not in weedy patches like that. And there's not much you can do about that. If it's in their grass, they're, you know, that's yeah. going to have to be something they deal with. Um, right. I think personally, like your bigger problem in that situation, if you're letting that crop that looks like millet and smart weed if you're letting it go to seed you're going to have a major weed issue in there next year so the bigger reason to cut all that down and clean it out of there is simply to just limit your seed bank and limit the number of seeds that you're going to have for next year same with that buckwheat like buckwheat is an exceptional cover crop but don't let it go to flower and drop seed because you're going to have to mow it down before then or you're going to have a crazy buckwheat problem in that garden okay and i um also wondered, I had read that, what you said about the turf grass, since that had kind of grown up into this solid mass of these nice gra- grains or grasses, would the, would the insects consider that like turf in there, or does it have to have like the grass cover? No, they, it, they like like a flat, really tightly mowed lawn, because it's easy for the females to get down in there to access the soil to lay their eggs, because they lay them at or just below the soil surface, so they like that neatly trimmed lawn environment. I, I really think the Japanese beetles are just there to feed on the, the smartweed. Um, I don't think that you're doing, you know, any harm to that garden other than the fact that you're contributing possible weed seeds to it. But I really, I wouldn't worry too much about the Japanese beetles. All right. Thank you for the call. Listen, we are looking for more callers right now. We've only got Rich and Crafton. Plenty of room for you to join Doug and Jess right now at 866-391-1020. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. Ah, yes, they are, and they're very busy via the phone lines. We'll get to those calls in just a moment, but right now, what do you say you make yourself the 10th caller? Wouldn't that be a great gift for you gardeners this morning? Because if you dial 412-922-1020 and you're caller number 10, you want a $25 gift certificate from Janoski's in Clinton. So once again, time to get back to the phones for Doug and Jess, and let's say hi to Rich in Crafton. Hey, Rich, how you doing? Welcome to KDK Radio. Hey, good morning, Rob and guys. First of all, I want to know if you guys ever had those cinnamon rolls at Sorgles on Saturday. They are so good. Indeed, I have. And yes, I agree uh, with that. <laughs> and my next question, I've only seen one stink bunk and haven't seen any cicadas. Am I lucky here in Crafton? Or are they all done with the cicada? ambush or is it a delay thingy with all the rain we had i was just curious yeah it's funny because how far do you think we live apart where the crow flies i don't know 15 minute drive so not far and uh i haven't had any no and and haven't seen a stink bug except for inside Mm -hmm. in a long time where one year i was i was knocking them off pepper plants four times a day Mm -hmm. you know so Mm -hmm. No, I see spiders by my screen door going out the back, but I don't, haven't seen. I only seen one stink bug on the screen, and I haven't seen any cicadas in the yard or anywhere. We got a lot of trees and stuff. Yeah, so the cicadas. The crafting shopping center. Yeah, I mean the cicadas are very regional. The the different broods of this particular species of cicada are in sort of like pockets, like geographical pockets. And this particular brood, which I think was brood eight 
was Western Allegheny County and then into Beaver County. So it really is sort of an isolated range. And then other years will be other broods of this particular species. So this one was just sort of the the pocket that I sat in, but Doug's wasn't. So you are going to probably, Doug, have them another year that I don't have them. Um, And as for the stink bugs, I mean, nobody's complaining about not having any stink bugs. I haven't really seen any in my garden this year. Um, For me and in the discussions that I've heard with like Dr. Raup, who's an entomologist um, at the University of Maryland, and I've just sort of been hearing on the circuit that now that there's so many predators that are eating them, birds in particular, that it has kind of helped stabilize their population. So it's not just such a massive amount of them because they are having some natural predation take place. So, you know, is it going to get rid of them? No, definitely not. But we also had a really cold winter, which helps with that as well. And the cold winter, I have not seen hardly any in my trees, hemlock mm-hmm. woolly adalgid. Oh, that's good. Which, that's I've, which I've had a, a bad problem with. You yeah. know, I've got lots of hemlocks in there. Is it too early to start talking spotted lanternfly? Definitely not too early. I mean, my parents are out in Berks County, and uh, when I was out there to visit them, you know, they they were in my mom's vegetable garden. They live um, right down the road from a vineyard, and the vineyard was really having to spray a lot because of spotted lanternflies. So, you know, I think that this year... Nobody has reported seeing them, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're here by next year. Uh, and they're really crazy looking little things and as, as nymphs and then also I've seen as adults. Some, I've seen, and these aren't locally, but I've had p- people send me pictures of mm-hmm. the nymphs. Uh, I was technically third in star, and I was looking at those going in line. I'm like, yes, that's what it is. And, yeah, yep. Uh, another devastating pest coming our way, mm-hmm. and we can only cross our fingers that just like the stink bugs that eventually nature figures it out but oh i'm telling you what yeah not one thing it's another that's exactly right <laughs> uh, i'll tell you what we're going to do we've got about a minute before we've got to get to an open championship update let me kind of just get you caught up a little bit as far as what we're going to be doing the rest of today on kdk radio and by the way congratulations to sharon of wexford winner of that gift certificate to janoski's doug and jessica teach you how to keep it green the Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. Time for Mrs. Know-It-All. She's a grower, horticulturist, and our garden goddess. Good morning, Denise. How are you? I'm good. My day, my goals today are take a nap, go in the pool, take a nap. <laughs> I'm, I'm not you've working af- outside today. You've officially given up on this weather. No, I haven't given up. It's going to be nice this the rest of this week, and I'll be outside. You know, you talked about we were both at Cultivate last week, and well, and part of this week, and I came home literally to a jungle. My tomatoes are taller than me, and I'm not short. Uh, <laughs> when I came home, the air conditioning stopped working in my truck, so. Uh, that's never good. Yeah. But, um, like you, I'm not seeing early blight, which is unusual. I always have it, and because my garden isn't that big, rotation is always really hard for me, so I'm really shocked that I don't have it. Um, and the lady that called about the Pennsylvania smartweed that she has in her garden, so a lot of people don't know what it looks like. So it's about, mm, I'd say, 8 to 10 inches tall, and it has tiny little pink flowers that are kind of hard almost, almost like a seed. And you'll see it in roadsides. It is invasive. So with weeds, it's always important to really get those seed heads up because it is an annual, and it will reproduce by seed. 
And she also may have, when she was talking about some of the grasses, because we're getting in that time of year, I'm starting to see foxtail, which is a taller grass. You'll see it along roadsides. It's really invasive. It's really hard to control. So, you know, anytime you see a weed that's grassy looking in your garden or in some place where you don't want it, pull it out soon as possible. You do not want to let it go to seed because a lot of seeds, including crabgrass, can be viable for, oh, I hate to say this, 40 years. Ugh. And that, and the weed, for me, the grassy weeds are so much harder to eradicate than so many of the other annual weeds. Uh, with smart weed, it's real easy to pull it up and the grasses sometimes can get really entrenched in the soil. So always better to get them out when they're young. Thank you so much, Mrs. Nodoff, for the great advice. So is the grass always greener on Oh. Let's go to uh, Jeanette Southside for Doug and Jess. Hey, Jeanette. Hey. Hi. Good morning. Love the show. Thank you. Um, I have two questions this morning. Um, One is I have um, lilac bush in the yard, and I guess I didn't put a lot of thought into where to plant it. So I always have to trim it so it never blooms. But I have um, someone at work that wants it. Is it okay to transfer this? Is it okay to dig it up and... And, and, re, and replant it somewhere else. Sure, I wouldn't do it this time of year, though. This is like the most stressful time to be doing that. I would wait until um, like the leaves fall off of it very late this fall. Um, make sure you get a nice big root ball on it, and that's the time of year to do it. Perfect, thank you. And my second mm-hmm. question is, I have a beautiful Japanese maple that I've never trimmed, but it's getting big, and, and, and I wanted to trim it up. Can I do that now, or how do I do this? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's not uh, the best time when plants are under stress like this. Jeanette, it sounds like you're planting your stuff too close to the house. <laughs> well, no, this is farther down, but it's 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 getting big fast, and I just wanted to shape it into just... Be, be careful uh, when you're shaping it. Really, okay. take, really take your time. Okay. Uh, you know, one cut at a time, step back, take a look, because, you know, on their own, they have a real beautiful shape, and... Okay. You can you could go crazy on it, and it wouldn't be in your way, or it'd be smaller, but it might not have that same beautiful shape. Yeah, pruning is something you, it can really be a beautiful art form if you do it correctly. If you do it incorrectly, it can really be a hack job. So since Japanese, have, Japanese maples have such a beautiful form, natural form, but I, and actually, I don't think you should do it right now. I think it's too hot, and it's going to stress it out. At this point, I would wait until the weather cools, maybe early September. I think you're going to be you better don't wanna, You don't want to do much when it's like this weather. Yeah. When it's like this weather. I'm glad I got my, my beans in when I did, and yeah. I put some peppers in late, but, you know, this is kind of like a holding pattern for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I put I actually put a, a whole layer of, of new mulch on the vegetable garden before this heat started. All right, let's go to Jim Moon Township. Hey, Jim, welcome to KDK Radio. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, everybody. I've had a great success with my tomatoes and everything in my garden for the last, I can't remember how many years. This year, for some reason, my tomatoes are struggling. My peas, cucumbers, peppers are going crazy. But something's going on with my tomatoes, and I just don't know. They're they're tall. They're just not flourishing. I start everything from seed. If you got any answers. Well... First of all, it's been a really crazy year in terms of uh, the rain that we've had. And in some cases, in the spring, we also had 
pretty cool weather that lasted a really long time. And you're not alone. I, yep. You know, I was out yesterday uh, speaking at Oesterlings in, in Butler, and I had lots of people coming in, and it was the same sort of thing. Like, mm-hmm. look, my zucchini's going crazy, but my tomatoes just aren't aren't doing it. And then in my situation, I'm having a great tomato year. It's just, it you don't know. Yeah. You know, it's been a weird I year. I think it's... You think about change, I'm going to, this year, next year, rather, I'm going to change positions on everything. My garlic flourished like crazy. I have these peppermint cucumbers that are going wild. Great. You know, with, with tomatoes, with tomatoes and garlic, those are two of the ones we definitely really want to change spots. And we're always talking about improving the soil uh, so that the plants have everything they need. Are you getting any blossoms, any tomatoes on those? Oh, yeah, I have some tomatoes. They just aren't looking like they usually look. Look like they're um, just struggling. Yeah, I, I might. When I things cool like, off, if it was me, I might think about giving them some liquid organic fertilizer. What are your thoughts on that, Jess? Yeah, I definitely agree. It's not, you know, with all this rain that we've been having, if if you fertilized or anything in the spring, all that's probably pretty much leached out by now. Um, so maybe another addition of compost or some liquid organic fertilizer on there would give them a little bit of boost. Just don't choose anything that's high in nitrogen. You want some a fertilizer that's middle number is slightly higher because that's the phosphorus, and that's what's going to help promote good uh, fruit and flower production. Too much nitrogen well, makes too much green. That's a big help. Yep. That's a big help. I certainly appreciate both of you. And, well, lot, and, you and mulch, too. You know, oh, yeah. I, I definitely uh, for tomatoes, that, that mulch really helps, keeping that soil even evenly moist. You know, we've had also a lot of blossom end rot this mm-hmm. year. And you know what? We're Which always, is weird because yeah, yeah, we've had so talk, much rain. We're always talking about the uh, the rain and the watering for tomatoes. And I, for the first time in 10 years, I had an early tomato, early girl, that had blossom end rot on the bottom. Really? And I'm... Mul- in a I'm, container? Or no, no, not? no. In the ground where all these tomatoes are doing great. They're wow. They're seriously eight feet tall, maybe, and, and filled with fruit and mulched like crazy. We've had all this rain. Uh, and so... Sometimes, sometimes gardening, no matter how much you know, yeah. can still Mother Nature can throw you a curveball. She's just trying to keep you on your toes and put you in your place. I'm on, my, to- I'm on my toes to pick the tomatoes. They're so tall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, been a, been a pretty good season, though. I think it has been for me. Yeah, I mean things raised seem- bed gardeners. You know, this yeah. is this is the perfect thing for raised bed gardeners. Yeah, it really is. And it's been, uh, you know, in the flower garden, it also has been a pretty incredible year. A lot of um, powdery mildew and mm-hmm. those types of issues mm-hmm. in the flower garden. But for the most part, things have been just colorful and florific and beautiful. Florific. florific. Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden. And a safer place to live. And the crowd goes wild. <sighs> Floriferic. What was it? Floriferous. Flor- no, you Floriferous. said Florific. Floriferous. Well, florific, is, it's been a florific year. Yeah, filled with flowers. <laughs> Terrific and flower-filled. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.